You're listening to Radio Sessions Over Tea with Agent Gibb and Grand Gus. So at the moment, we are at my one-story house. We're actually sitting outside in the backyard. It's a lovely, warm, 18-degree day. We're sitting under the shade of a parasol, and once again, we have a new set of teas that we'd like to share with you all today. And speaking of teas, it's our favourite segment of Tea Tea Fest. I have got a cold drink Arizona plum and honey iced tea, but here's the little catch that I didn't know. It can actually be a hot drink as well. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Me either. So that's very quite interesting on the package share. It actually says great hot as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. I would have thought the packaging would mention both a hot and cold brew. I know. And the most interesting thing is it actually comes in a small bottle and not a big version as well so maybe in the future they might i'm very curious to see how it's going to actually taste i hope all tea doesn't get bottled gotta be some tradition luckily us reacting to tea there's quite a lot that are in satchel bags and Mm. filtered and all that stuff you know I've actually got some company information to share with you all. It was originally founded in 1971, known as Ferroto Lito, I think that's how you pronounce it, Voltagio and Sons, but it was actually renamed Arizona in 1992. Mm. The name of the company was by Voltiago, who was trying to find a name as distinctive as Snapple. They then chosen their name from looking at a map and remembering his uncle moving there because of the asthma allergies. Oh, wow. I was really amazed by that, how some parts in the States of America have Pacific asthma allergies, because I didn't know that myself. It's packaged and made in Germany, but the actual company headquarters is from Brooklyn, New York. Interesting. This company describes this iced tea packed with oxidants, vitamins, and folic acid, blended with all natural tea. It makes for one scrumptiously healthy drink. It has such good for you ingredients like senelium and vitamin A, C, and E. Selenium, for those who don't know what it means, it actually helps with a bunch of health benefits like reduce of asthma symptoms, boosts immune systems, thyroid health, and many more. The ingredients are actually very, very surprisingly, as I haven't heard this specific one. It's called Panax Geesing, green tea, plum, filtered water, sugar, honey, and citric acid. Now, Panax Geesing is a plant whose root extract that is grown in the mountains of Asia. Wow. This Panax Geesing actually does help with a lot of boosting of immune system, and it actually helps with the asthma symptoms as well. I think that would especially be useful in winter. Oh, 100%. The packaging, as we explained earlier with this tea, it's got a very beautiful gradient blue-purple colour, and it's even got cherry blossoms on the front of the packaging, Mm. which is pretty cool. When I'm looking at the colour, as I open the lid, it actually has got a very honey-like colour to it, like that brown. Mmm. And when we smell it, you can actually smell a bit of the plum going in there too. Yeah, I think that's more prominent. I think so too, with the mixture of the ingredients. So, I'm about to taste this right now. When I'm sipping this, I'm waiting for the aftertaste to come in, because you always get the best result after the taste has gone into your mouth. It's more flavourable. Yeah, I think I can definitely get the taste of the honey in there and definitely some of the plum 
I would say. So it's good to actually know that it's got those both ingredients. Now, I know it's got green tea in it too, which I actually can't actually taste much of than the other two yeah. main ingredients. There's a bit of a balancing issue there. I believe so. Overall, I think the rating I would give for it, out of overall everything that I've said to it, about... I think it's got a really good taste towards it. The smooth texture of the plum and honey together, I find, gives it that very relaxing vibe towards the tea. So, oh, it's a bit of a tough one, I reckon, for this rating. Probably, I would have to say, maybe an 8 out of 10. Okay. Agent Gibb, what tea do you have for today? Well, today I've decided to just be traditional. So I went for a company that I've never actually tried before. It's called Queen Victoria, and the tea I'm having is a peppermint one. Nice. Bit of a history fact before I get into the details of this tea. It was actually founded in the 1840s, and surprisingly, it wasn't actually founded by Queen Victoria. Oh. <laughs> so you know how tea parties were made in Britain? Ah, uh, yes. Surprisingly, it wasn't Queen Victoria who came up with the idea. It was actually a lady-in-waiting to her. Her name was Anna Maria Stanhope. She was the seventh Duchess of Bedford. Oh, my God. This is just according to legend, but apparently... In the 1840s, Britain was going through increasing urbanisation and there was a huge rise in industrialisation with buildings coming up and everything. And because of that, dinner times were starting much later, usually around 9pm. Oh, okay. So, so there was a huge time gap between lunch and dinner. One day she just decided that she'd had enough. So she decided to, because she was too hungry to wait for dinner, she secretly comprised small meals and she sent invitations to other ladies and so the afternoon tea ritual was born Ooh. eventually queen victoria found out she fell in love with the practice and for the rest of her life she started hosting tea parties <laughs> so who knew that a grumbling stomach would actually create an afternoon ritual and in those times it would have been very like at least they had a liquid form where they could go and have meetups and actually drink different kinds of teas. And it's quite cool to know about uh, this company that, again, we have never heard of before. Yeah, another story with humble beginnings. Oh, definitely. So, on to the tea I'm having. Peppermint is actually an aromatic herb in the mint family. It's native to Europe and Asia, and it's actually been used for thousands of years. It's not just known to be the flavouring in, you know, breath mints, candies, and especially toothpaste and all that, but it's also caffeine-free. So the health benefits of this include that it eases digestive symptoms such as, you know, gas, bloating, and indigestion. It also prevents smooth muscles from contracting and it therefore relieves the, the spasms in your gut. It also acts as a muscle relaxant and a pain reliever for, you know, the many headaches you get. It also has antibacterial properties that help kill dental plaque and therefore improves oral health. And that's pretty much all I can mention about this <laughs> tea, so time for the taste test. When I'm tasting it, it has a very light flavour. Of course, it tastes like usual peppermint, but I don't know, for some reason I don't find anything distinct about it, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. If I had to give this a score, I will probably give it... 7 out of 10. 
I found when I drank it earlier before too, I think it distinctively had... I mean, I found it to be a very powerful peppermint taste, I reckon. Yeah, it has a very strong scent, and like I said before, it has a really light taste. But again, there's nothing... Yeah. I know, there's just nothing distinctive about it. There's nothing in the flavour that makes me think, oh, there's, they've done something different with this, I wonder what that is. I think it's good to know that we at least seen the different perspectives because I know there's all different kinds of peppermint tea and I think this is our first one where we got to really show what the taste of it because, you know, some can be very strong. It seems the one that you've picked it has more of a lighter peppermint taste, I reckon. Yeah. So now that our tea's out of the way, let's now move on to the topic. kinds of different special disabilities but there's two that we have got in mind that we want to share with you all and that is autism and Asperger's. Now there's all different levels in autism and Asperger's. I have Asperger's myself. Um, as, as do I. And we would like to share with you all some interesting things that we would want to tell you all about some of the um many varieties of the disability yeah like in-depth stuff of what people might not know and for people that who have children who have the disability themselves what to do in situations i know that growing up i used to uh go to a speech therapy place where that would teach me to learn how to speak and say because as a young kid I didn't know how to explain myself very properly. Yeah, I, I, go, I go through the same thing as well. Yeah, that's something that is good to actually take your kid to growing up so that way it will help them in the future. And, and it's much helpful to get an early diagnosis as well. So that way it's much easier to do it um, in childhood because I don't think you really want to get it in adulthood. No. Because, you know, you go through life, you know, wondering, okay, why am I acting like this? And why do people react to me in that way? Only to realize that you've got that diagnosis and suddenly everything clicks together and suddenly you realize what happened back then. For some of those who don't know much about autism and Asperger's, autism is a development disorder in social interaction and communication. And Asperger's is pretty much the same thing only it has a little bit different disorder it's got neurodevelopment disorder non-verbal communication along with restricted and repetitive patterns of behavior and interests it was actually first described so as for asperger's it was first described yep. in the 1940s by a pediatrician who interestingly was called hans asperger Oh, you're kidding me. Wow. He usually observed autism-like behaviours as well as social and communication difficulties in children who had normal intelligence and language. So with Asperger's, it's it's not as full-on as autism. It's more mild. Well, funny enough, you mentioned about mild because as I, what I research is apparently there's actually three levels, which I didn't know too much about in the aspect of what the levels are as you mentioned level one is the mildest one level two is apparently you need to require more support with the speech therapy or social skills which again as kids that's what we did and the third level is apparently the most severe level now the most severe level you're probably wondering what would that mean tantrums manual help with by yeah. other people yeah 
nonetheless, we're all unique in our own way, and it's quite special that they have places out there that you can go get help, like mental health as well, and counselling uh, is a pretty good one. When it comes to behaviours in people with autism and Asperger's, they're frequently viewed as aloof and uninterested in others. For example, they can get distracted really easily, and they have very limited eye contact. Sometimes they can take jokes or sarcasm too literally. I know that sometimes I do that as well. And I actually agree with you there. I actually mentioned this in a podcast a few episodes ago where I do get distracted on things where it's something here, but then, oh, what's over there sort of thing. You look at something and it's like, oh, okay, what am I looking at right now? It's like you want <laughs> you want to concentrate on something, but there's just something else that's too interesting to yeah. not look away from. <laughs> exactly. Like right now we're looking at a beautiful scenery of trees, but right now I could be looking at the um at the house, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I could be looking at a plant but yet be looking at his bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a nice bag actually. Well it's a it's a lovely Disney bag I've got with us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just recently came back from Disneyland. Yes, actually it was pretty fun. I've got some dot points here and these dot points probably best resemble Asperger's and autism. The first one actually says what helps us, the second one is how we cope, and the third is best strategies. And I think they're good three dot points to actually know, because there are ways that can help you. If there's things that benefit you, like playing gaming, for example, if it's something that you're trying to stimulate yourself so you're not overly too distracted, I know for myself... I like to play a game, Animal Crossing, and I know that helps me to know what to do in the island and what to create and how it helps me for those skills. Yeah. I'm imagining it's a good practice and focus as well. Yes, definitely. It's definitely a solution to, you know, other distractions. You know, just you're only focused on one thing. Do you have any Agent Gibbs that helps you cope with your mindset? Definitely have a support system because, you know, it's not usually healthy to be alone. When you're with your thoughts too much, you, you know, you end up getting depressed, you end up getting even more anxious and you start believing the things that your mind tells you over and over again. So I think it's best to have a social support system around you just to, you know, keep things in perspective and know that your thoughts are not who you are. Yeah, agreed with you. I think there's a lot of aspect of, of how we cope and what helps us. And I think also you mentioned about writing that you're getting back into. Yes, journaling. Yeah, I think journaling and writing stuff down in a diary is quite good to release the stress in your mind. Exactly, because keeping it in only makes it worse. So if you write, if you write all your feelings and your thoughts down on a page and then just close the book, put it in a drawer, then... You may not get rid of them entirely, but it does make it more easier to bear. I find with storytelling as well, the aspect of writing a diary would really help to make your your journey come out through a page. Yes, exactly. Another one I thought of as well is best strategies. Now, I know we've all got best strategies to help us go through things. Oh, God, how, where do we start with that one? Like... I don't know, walking, I think walking might be a really good best strategy to, uh, not to distract, but another word that I'm, I can't think of right it, it now. Keep, it keeps your mind on one goal and it's coming, you, you know, it's, it's nature, you're looking at trees, you're looking at flowers and plants, you're just looking at 
beautiful things. They're a natural part of life. I find also in the monks of nature along the coastal line as well, actually ocean is really good. Beaches. Yes. Especially beaches. I find when you're sitting down on the sand at a beach, looking at it for minutes on end, you're like you're really meditating and just you're feeling... At one, you're at one with it. Oh, of course. It's a very nice peaceful just to get away from everything if you're going through a lot of problems or stress in your life it's always good to just sit down at the beach and even have a little cold drink next to you to just sip and watch the uh the day go by (laughs) plus there's plenty caves in the cliff face so use that as a meditative space speaking of that adventure is another great one if you ever go hiking hiking like the walking you can definitely see a lot what's around you and you always see different scenes coming up definitely do a variety of activities as well here's another thing if you're feeling overwhelmed with you know sensory issues and too much noise and too much commotion always find a quiet place to settle down because you know i find that it helps soothe your anxiety levels it lowers stress you can think more clearly and you can come back into the environment more clear-headed than before i think a few deep breaths yes breathing breathing i think because sometimes some people who have asperger's and autism some of them don't go out nonetheless what you said before 100 percent agree with you yeah it it is true sometimes sometimes we don't go out out very often because you know how sometimes we fear you know rejection and you know stigma and all, all the rest of that I think what it comes down to is also the fact of it's really what you enjoy the most of your daily life and how you put into it. I know with us two, having the disability, we can always have our down days. And even with that, we tend to always struggle. We like these podcasts. I know how well scripted once we've got everything down on paper because behind the scenes, we do a lot of research before we record our episodes. Yes. I'm very proud of two people like us who have Asperger's to do, come on a podcasting show and tell you guys each episode what tea we're drinking. And the best way we cope is that is we, us expressing to you all around the world of all the cool stuff, like topics that we've mentioned so far. And I feel so blessed to give everyone that opportunity to do that for you all. And plus, you know, we're stepping out of our comfort zones and we're doing our best to, you know, explain what we know and, you know, what we've gone through and hopefully to inspire others to do the same. I think we're on a very good planned mindset of where we're at with it. And it's very exciting to see where the future is going to go. I mean, the amount of teas that we've had so far, I think it's quite good that a lot of the teas actually do have those really good things to relax you as we mentioned symptoms for where you're really you know it can help having a sip of tea can really relax you and it's so good that we're able to put these into our episodes and yeah the whole variety of what our what our show is about it really just helps for people out there who are not even sleeping well or going through the stresses of everyday with um of everyday life yeah yeah and also with never feel alone with who you are as a person because i think we're all definitely unique exactly yeah in our own way and that's what makes us so 
individually very special in that sense. Exactly. I mean, we all have our own quirks. We all have our own flaws. We all have our own character traits. You know, the thing that we all have in common is that we're all human. You know, ultimately, we're all on the same path. We're all heading towards the same objective, and that's to just live life. And I reckon living life has been the bestest thing. One thing that we could say is, out of our lifetime having Asperger's, what's the bestest thing that we have both overcome throughout the years? I would definitely have to say my confidence level has changed dramatically from where I came from, and it's... Some days are good, some days are bad, but the over, like the confidence level, I feel like I've gotten a lot more able to speak on things a lot better than what I could do as a kid. Yeah, I can definitely, I definitely see that change. Yeah, what about you, Agent Gib? It's still a struggle, but I feel like I can communicate a bit more honestly, and I do have moments where I stutter a lot. I mean, I used to have language development difficulties as a kid, so naturally I had problems with you know stuttering and speech formation but i think that's becoming less and less prominent you know as the years go by i believe that we've definitely have to pat ourselves on the back of the accomplishment of like getting to where we are today i mean it's very good to see what we're overcoming and what we hope to like to achieve more in the future things have been pretty good in that aspect of it <laughs> <laughs> Here's an, actually a fun fact to break the ice a little bit. While we were doing our research, Grand Gus actually looked up Asperger's, and as it turns out, <laughs> there was a picture of there was actually the very first picture that we saw was that of an asparagus. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was pretty funny because I was looking at quotes for today's episode and. I put in Asperger's quotes into Google Images, and I was scrolling, and when I got to the end results bit, it came up with all these asparaguses, and I'm thinking, did I type in asparagus, or... Are we secretly stalks all this time, we don't even know? Yeah, are we vegetables, for all, all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> Is that a metaphor? <laughs> now I feel afraid. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, very afraid indeed. <laughs> Uh, oh. So, that's all the time we have for today. Before we get to our quote of the day, we'd just like to once again give a shout out to Michelle Giacobi, who once again has provided his brilliant music to assist with our session. So thank you once again, it's very much appreciated. Grand Gus? As I just mentioned about the... <laughs> thinking of the asparagus, <laughs> I did find one quote. And it's by a company that I've never heard of before. It's called Autism Parenting Magazine. And the quote says, Autism is about having a pure heart and being very sensitive. It is about finding a way to survive in an overwhelming, confusing world. It is about developing difficulty in a different pace and with different leaps. You have been listening to Radio Sessions Over Tea with Grand Gus. And Agent Gibb. Thanks for listening. Ciao.